1: The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station.
3: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Iran is reportedly waging a cyber campaign against the U.S. as tensions have grown between the two countries in the past several weeks.
0: Cybersecurity firms CrowdStrike and FireEye say the suspected Iranian cyber attacks have targeted U.S. government agencies along with key elements of the U.S. economy, including the oil and gas sectors. Neither the Pentagon nor the National Security Agency would comment specifically on the alleged Iranian spear phishing, but in a statement to the Associated Press, the NSA notes malicious Iranian cyber actions in the past. Saying in these times of heightened tensions, it is appropriate for everyone to be alert to signs of Iranian aggression in cyberspace and ensure appropriate defenses are in place. Ben Thomas, Washington.
3: Democratic presidential candidates have gathered for a forum in Columbia, South Carolina this weekend. Pro life Republican Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska says it's fitting the event, sponsored by Planned Parenthood. The radical things that the nation's largest abortion business wants are basically indistinguishable from the position of every Democrat now running for president. A position that SAS sums up as, quote, Abortion, anytime, anywhere, for any reason, for free. Amid reports President Trump has flip-flopped on retaliation against Iran for shooting down a U.S. drone, conservatives from both directions are calling for different types of responses. Preferring a stronger response is House Republican Conference Chair Liz Cheney. We
4: simply can't
5: allow America's adversaries to think that they can shoot down a, a U.S. military drone uh, with impunity uh, or, you know, with the consequence, as as we're seeing in
4: reports, being that, you know, the United States responds by, uh, by pleading for talk.
3: And Cheney told the Salem Radio Network it could be very dangerous for the country not to respond forcefully against Iran's recent aggressions. But other conservatives are urging the president to continue to show restraint. This is SRN News. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving.
4: If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988. Hi, my name's Christina Stumble, and I own Farm Girl Flowers in
5: San Francisco. With my Spark Cash Card from Capital One, I earn unlimited 2% cash back on all my business purchases. Last year, I redeemed $115,000 in cash back. Yeah, $115,000. And that doubled our digital marketing budget for the summer. Thanks to my spark card, we had our best summer yet. Imagine what the spark card from Capital One could do for your business. What's in your wallet?
1: Real Capital One customers pay for real stories. Credit approval required. There are so many perks to being a member of the Freedom Fan Club, and it's free to join. This month, our members have a chance to win a signed copy of Why We Need the Electoral College by Tara Ross. Discover member-exclusive perks, prizes, and savings at the Freedom Fan Club at am1280thepatriot.com. The Freedom Fan Club is brought to you by Lucky's Stations. Visit them at any of their nine metro locations and online at LuckyStations.com. We're surrounded by noise,
6: bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention, so many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that, but you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, there's Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at SurroundMSP.com. SurroundMSP.com, connecting you with new customers. The following program was pre recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
2: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Where You Live. I'm Gene Sullivan, and I'm broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. You know, your association members take tremendous pride in their communities, and you can help them maintain that pride with custom financing through Mutual of Omaha Bank. They're a lending expert that's worked with thousands of community associations. So whether you want to purchase real estate or equipment or make repairs to common areas, Mutual of Omaha Bank can meet your needs with a team of dedicated local professionals. Call Tom Ingbloom at 312-209-2623. Mutual of Omaha Bank member, FDIC. I'm also brought to you by the great folks at Extreme Exteriors. and need uh, to say uh, hello to the man that helps uh, make this show happen every week, Trevor K. How are you, Trevor? Gene, doing well. Yourself?
0: Uh, really well. Good.
2: Better than I deserve. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, hey, have you heard of uh, initialism?
8: Init- no. What's that?
2: It, it's it's a thing, um, I guess, by <laughs> okay. other – it really is. Uh, people probably know it just by uh, the acronyms, you know, just all the letters people use when they text message.
0: Are you
9: thinking
2: – in...
0: Oh, oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay, sure. So, like, uh, FOMO, F-O-M-O, the fear of missing out would be an in initialism. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, so they're calling it initialism, I guess, because they're making it a thing now. So, uh, and that's something that, you know, a lot of younger people have done, love to do in in texting. You know, it's become real obsessive. I've even heard stories of uh, a buddy who has uh, been teaching at the college level and has had term papers turned in by students that have had a lot of the acronyms Put in there uh, instead of even just writing out the, the entire
0: word. See, that surprises me, and here's why. Because usually <laughs> there are page limits, and so you're shooting yourself in the foot if you have to get to five pages, and you're cutting, you know, you're dropping words. Yeah, see, that seems kind yeah. of productive. No,
2: no. So, so we've got uh, BBL, be back later. Okay, yeah. And then, of course, there's LOL, laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to put it on record that uh, back in the day— With my generation, uh, we did that, too. uh, We had H-A-H-A, which (laughs) was ha-ha, and it was pronounced ha-ha, and that's what it meant, ha-ha. So I just want to put it out there that uh, uh, they weren't, uh, this younger generation isn't the ones to invent this. No. Just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, nicely done. (laughs) Okay, So, well, folks, we've got a great show for you. We've got a lot to cover. Why don't we uh, begin, as we always do, with property management in the news? Property management in the news is brought to you by Will Tarbox from Country Financial in Maple Grove. Providing insurance to help you protect what matters most. For quality coverage that's affordable, get a quote today from Will at Country Financial. Call 763-416-5131 and tell them Gene sent you. Well, our first uh, story uh, comes from Fox 26 News in Houston uh, on June 17th. Uh, And it's about uh, West Houston uh, Homeowner Association residents being sued by the former board of directors of their HOA. Trevor, go ahead and play the audio.
0: Well, you know, we have probably all heard horror stories about people battling with their homeowners association, but this might be a first. Three former HOA board members are suing their neighbors for tens of thousands of dollars. Our Randy Wallace live in West Houston tonight with a story that you'll only see here on Fox. Randy.
10: Jonathan, homeowners have a right to request documentation and financial information From their homeowners association. But when residents who live here in the Clayton Woods subdivision did that, it turned into a legal nightmare that could end up costing them $100,000. Clayton Woods is a subdivision of about 100 homes. It's a quiet neighborhood with mostly brick homes that sit on well-manicured lawns. But there's an uprising. We will not pay! We will not pay. What residents say they won't pay follows a lawsuit and a counterclaim involving their homeowners association. Here's how it all started.
1: When the old board was voted out and the new board came in, they found out that we had a lot of debt and that there was no money in reserve
10: after 20 years. The new HOA board asked the old board for financial records.
5: We just asked them to bring. The documents where they can show us how they spend our money.
10: Homeowner Philip Lloyd says after waiting a year for the financial records, residents filed a suit against the HOA. That lawsuit went nowhere, and now three former HOA board members are suing the homeowners association for $100,000.
1: It was our understanding that if our suit was dropped or dismissed, that they would drop theirs, but they have not
9: dropped it. This is about us, about the neighbors being finally awake, the neighbors being finally aware of what's going on.
5: We just want our neighborhood back. We want things to stop. Everyone in this neighborhood is not approving of what's going on here this is nonsense
10: the lawsuit has caused friction among some of the residents
5: the people that were being sued will their lawyers fees because they had to protect themselves from this nonsense hell no i'm not paying
10: an attorney for the three former board members who are suing the association sent us a statement it says in part our clients have incurred thousands of dollars defending themselves. The association's governing documents provide that its former directors are to be protected and reimbursed if they get sued in connection with their volunteer service. Reporting live from the west side, Randy Wallace, Fox 26 News.
2: Well, here to discuss this agitated mess in Houston is uh, my friend Tony Smith of smith jaden Johnson. Here in the Twin Cities, Tony's practice, of course, has been and focus has been uh, advising uh, his clients in all aspects of HOA law, including governance, homeowner disputes. He's a regular presenter at MHA, CIC Midwest, Minnesota chapter of CAI. He's currently serving as the board of directors, and he's been on the show a number of times. Tony, welcome back.
11: Always good to be back, Gene. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, see, this, uh, this uh, story is uh, really a, a prime example of, uh, I think, people who detach and distance themselves from their HOA for a long period of time, and then all of a sudden something happens, and some people get upset, and now all of a sudden they want things, they want to know things, but they were oblivious to it for a long, long time, uh, and they're upset because things haven't turned out the way they've expected. Uh, do you think that uh, this kind of uh, occurrence, is it's not necessarily uncommon with HOAs, is it, Tony?
11: No, it, it's actually pretty darn common. I mean, I think most associations have two or three different types of homeowners. They're the the folks who I think you and I are thinking about in this context who don't really want to go and participate in the association or go to the meetings and and get the information, and and they only really pay attention when something comes up that, that affects their bottom line or their pocketbook, which I think is what is happening here. And then the other side of that, too, is you have the homeowners who go to every meeting and scrutinize every little detail of how an association operates. So but yes, yeah, this is this stuff is, is pretty common.
2: Yeah, I at least that you attitude. Know, oh e- exactly. I mean for uh for me, one of the things that uh is common when people get upset, they like to use uh they like to use different names um, in describing things. Uh they'll make allegations of mismanagement or misappropriation of funds. But I think what they really mean is Uh, Not that someone absconded with the money, not that they went on a Vegas uh, weekend bender, but they just didn't agree with how someone else prioritized and spent the money. Don't you think that's kind of a fair statement?
11: Absolutely. There's always a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking when it comes to spending association money. Everybody's got an opinion as to how things are prioritized or who's actually doing work. I mean, even if people can agree that a project needs to happen, there's always going to be scrutiny over whether an association got the best price. That that kind of conflict is is pretty common.
3: Right.
2: So uh, folks, we're uh, going to be uh, talking uh, further about this, but we're going to take a quick break. When we uh, come back uh, from uh, this break, uh, we'll talk about this story and kind of pick it apart. What do we know and what, don't we know from what's really happening in the dynamics of the Clayton Woods Homeowners Association in Houston. Don't go away. You're listening to Where You Live on AM 1280, The
1: Patriot. Back after this. AM 1280, The Patriot.
12: People looking to buy a new fence in Minnesota are lucky. Lucky because, unlike with other types of purchases, when it comes to buying a new fence, the choice has been made so darn easy. Only one company truly stands above the rest, and has for a long, long time. Midwest Fence has not only been around far longer than anyone else, and thus is far more experienced, they're the largest fence company in the state, which means Midwest Fence has the greatest variety of fence designs. You won't believe the seemingly endless styles you can choose from from these days. And Midwest Fence buys in such bulk, they can keep their prices lower than other companies. That's why if you're ready for a fence, you're just plain lucky. The legendary fence company that's been making people smile since Truman was president is but a phone call away and ready to stop out and deliver a free estimate. Your turn to smile, folks. Learn more at MidwestFence.com.
7: to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan.
2: Welcome back to Where You Live. I'm Gene Sullivan. My guest today is attorney Tony Smith, and we're talking about this story out of uh, uh, Houston, uh, Texas, an HOA. Uh, believe it or not, uh, the uh, members of the HOA were suing uh, past board members, past board members, turning around, and uh, suing them right back. We're talking... Uh, with uh, Tony about this, and we're going to kind of dissect this story and find out what does it mean to us and how uh, we should uh, live and govern ourselves in HOAs. But before we do, I'd like to just remind you the show's brought to you uh, by the great folks at uh, Mutual of Omaha Bank. Uh, We're in their studios, and it's also brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. You know, Extreme Exteriors, uh, you can count on them for expert installation, for exterior siding, roofing, soffits, fascia decks, windows, and more. With their knowledge and experience, they can design the perfect solution to make your home beautiful and energy efficient, saving you maintenance and money for years to come. Give them a call at 763-441-1334 and tell them Gene sent you. It's time now to take a moment to hear from the Community Associations Institute Here is the CAI Minute.
13: Are you a member of the Community Associations Institute? For nearly 40 years, CAI has provided education and resources to volunteer homeowners who govern community associations and the professionals who support them. Visit caionline.org to learn more. The address again is caionline.org. CAI helps community associations board members by providing online resources, in-person training, and hard copy publications written by association management experts. CAI offers community managers professional development, networking opportunities, and a certification program that is established as the industry standard nationwide minnesota has its own chapter of the community associations institute to bring resources and tools from community associations around the country right to your home visit www.cai-mn.com to learn more and become a member of cai today your community and management company will benefit from your involvement. Join the community associations Institute today at cai-mn.com and click on membership.
2: Uh, Tony, uh, we heard uh, this clip, uh, from Fox 26 news in Houston. Uh, you and I've both kind of read a little bit about the story before uh, the show, uh, today too. Um, there's a bunch of information we don't know, but, uh, What is it that we do know and don't know about what's going on? What are the dynamics taking place with this uh, HOA?
11: Well, it looks like when we're starting out that we have a transparency issue for whatever reason. We have the association who is spending money and the ownership wanting to see some accountability for how that money is being spent. And frankly, those owners are entitled to know what the association is doing with their money. Uh, I don't know about Texas is particular laws, but here in Minnesota, for example, uh, associations are required to keep and to produce certain documents upon yeah. request from a homeowner, so it sounds like that's where these owners were going. they wanted to see certain financial information, and for whatever reason they yeah. they just didn't get it we now don't if know i why. could
2: if if we if I could just jump in real quick here, one and uh just play kind of devil's advocate, the other side of this though is. And I've seen this over the years where uh, I've had a number of people on boards who say, we send things out over and over again, and nobody ever comments, nobody ever comes to uh, the meetings. And uh, because it's a um, nonprofit organization and people want to save money, and sometimes board members say, oh, well, we can save money. Let's not send something out. I can understand that. But that's still, like you said, a wrong position to take.
11: Yeah, I mean, it really, it, it, I would say that probably 90% of homeowners association problems, I think, can be traced to communication or a lack of communication. Yeah. And that goes both ways. I mean, you've got some boards that are excellent. And like you are talking about, Gene, they send materials out all the time. You know, they'll send meeting minutes out, they'll send notices out, they'll hold homeowner meetings, they'll hold informational meetings, but you can't make people go to them. So, again, yeah. that goes both ways. You can have a great board, and if the homeowners aren't interested in, in participating, they're not going to get that information. Yeah. The flip is also true, though, too. Sometimes you have boards that don't like to conduct their business in the light of day, and, and they want to keep things kind of on the down low for whatever yeah. reason, none of which are, ever seem to be very good. And in those situations, I can understand why homeowners would get upset. I mean, they're entitled to see you know how the sausage is made. That's why we have open meeting laws and things like that here. Yeah. But um, Gene, one, the one thing of the, I didn't go ahead. yeah go ahead I was going to say the one thing I couldn't tell from this article other than the the reporter's comment that the lawsuit went nowhere that these homeowners started for the documents is why they didn't get these financial documents it could be that the the homeowners are asking for things that just didn't exist I mean we've seen that happen all the time mm-hmm. I and mean, I know you've probably dealt with that a lot Oh, or maybe uh, the former board members simply said, "Look, we're off the board. Go talk to the current board or talk to our management company." But there's a lot of reasons why.
2: Yeah, I to me, yeah. There's again, we don't a lot of things we don't know. I kind of think that they're self-managed, and the reason why is most uh, professionally managed HOAs. One of the key and basic functions the management company does is provide financials. So there, I would think there would be financials, to, for you know somewhere, but nobody right. said, the no nobody in this uh, in the story is saying we marched to the uh, management company and demanded financials and didn't get any, because those are the people that produce them if it was professionally managed. So, I kind of think it's self managed, and because of that, it reminded me of a story. This was a an HOA that we. Began managing Tony probably back in 2006, and now they had been self-managed from the 1970s all the way till 2006. And when we talked to them about producing, uh, taking a look at financials, do you know what their financials were? It was Let the me... check. Re- it was the check register of a small yeah. checkbook.
11: And yeah, that was an old check, like, like one of the big ones where you had the books where you tear them out on the sides too. Probably.
2: Oh no, no, they didn't even pay for this. This is a small, uh, <laughs> individual, personal one, and they would just copy uh, the uh, the checks that were written and how much it was for, and they would send that out to everybody, and everybody was fine that that was the financials that they needed.
11: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny what what some people will latch on to is important. But I, I, I think you're right, Gene. This this does look like an association that probably is doesn't have a very sophisticated system in place for keeping or retaining or and then producing on a request those kinds of documents. And that's one of the great things about management companies is they can do all of that and it's it's part of their job. I mean and they they've got it down to a science. And it really makes those that that kind of communication issue go away for the most part.
2: Yeah. You know, it. it another thing that uh, I thought of as I was looking at this story that I thought was maybe lacking in something that wasn't taking place, and that was, um, and I'm not surprised by this at all, but there are a lot of people who really are lacking when it comes to their knowledge and understanding and comfort level, perhaps, with how uh, how we participate in governance as a society, because an HOA and and how people are elected and how people are asked to and being stepped down and things that that are people's uh, uh, rights and authorities that people have, it seems like a lot of people. Uh, are very unfamiliar with this. Take a look at, we heard people chanting. I don't know that chanting uh, with uh, some uh, uh, signs in front of them is going to necessarily do anything to change the HOA. Do you?
11: Well, definitely not. And I think all that does is tend to kill communication with this idea that problems are a result of a lack of communication, who's going to want to go talk to somebody who's picketing in their front yard with a whole bunch of their neighbors? You know, All that does is it sets one half of the population against the other. And it's not just confined to uh, HOAs. I mean, I think as a society, generally, we've kind of taken this tack that we're not going to have a conversation anymore. We're just going to turn the dial up to 11. And hopefully that, that people will, instead of having a conversation about something, they'll want to avoid the irritation or the hassle of having to deal with rude people.
2: Thank you. That is so well said, Tony. You know, there are a lot of people who have lacked any idea of civility. Um, uh, All they want to do is begin, the opening gambit is, like you said, to demonize, to yell, and to go from there. What I'd like to do is, we need to take another break, but when we come back, Tony, I want to talk to you about Um, What are some of the things uh, that are resources, what are some of the protocol that's in place for an HOA that should lead towards a civil discourse and how to get things done, how to get things accomplished? We'll talk about that with my guest, Tony Smith, but we'll take a break. Don't go away. We'll be back after these messages. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot. individual results may vary
4: when it comes to vein disease and those embarrassing painful varicose and spider veins no one is immune just ask three-time beach volleyball gold medalist misty may trainer
5: i was surprised to see i had vein disease i didn't think i was old enough i'm a working mom of three young ones and i still coach i need my legs healthy and performing at their best
4: that's when misty went to vein clinics of america the doctors of vein clinics of america specialize in the latest laser therapies and minimally invasive treatments
5: it's like they turn back time the veins they treat are completely gone and the procedure happened so fast
4: for over 35 years women and men have been enjoying healthy strong and youthful looking legs thanks to vein clinics of america like gold medalist misty may trainer
5: vein clinics of america work for me and they can work for you too
4: call vein clinics of america now to see if you qualify for a free consultation most treatments are covered by insurance 800-798-3399 that's 800-798-3399 800-798-3399
7: You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan.
2: Welcome back to Where You Live. Gene Sullivan here. I'm uh, broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios uh, with my uh, guest, attorney Tony Smith. Uh, The show is also brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. Uh, Before we get back to our topic about this uh, association that certainly has gone, uh, gone awry in Houston, Uh, I'd like to let you know we've got a number of resources for you. Go to our website, www.newconceptsgroup.com. There you're going to find over uh, 31 webinars that you can uh, click and play 24-7 on good governance in uh, homeowner associations, how to read a financial statement, so many other great topics. Um, We have a list of preferred vendors. uh, If you're looking for someone who uh, would just be a really good contractor uh, or professional that you need in your uh, homeowner association. We have over 55 categories. Go there. And also, uh, you'll be able to click on Radio Show. You'll see my contact information for um, getting a hold of me for any questions that you might have or something that you'd like uh, me to tackle on the radio here as well. And uh, Tony, you've got some resources as well, don't you? Talk to our listeners yeah, we do. about that.
11: Yeah, we, our website, sjjlawfirm.com, has a blog that we update regularly with information uh, relevant to homeowners associations. So feel free to stop on by, uh, sjjlawfirm.com, and take a look at our blog. Yeah. So
2: we were talking about uh, the Clayton Woods Homeowners Association. Uh, people were upset. Um, it seemed like uh, they were okay with not getting financials for a long period of time, Someone got something under their craw. Now they said they they weren't being provided to them. Uh, the board was kicked off. People on the, the board were uh, not uh, voted back again. And we don't know what the whole order was. But now financials still aren't being in place. People were suing back and forth one another. Tony, this was just uh, going from uh, out of the frying pan into the fire kind of situation. Let's talk about what are some of the positive things. What are some things that a uh, self-managed association or even one uh, who can they who can they go to um, to uh, to get help because they don't have to be in situations like this all alone
11: well there's there's three people that come to mind right off the, the bat. Um, for any self-managed association you know I, I say this to to the board members because you know you and I know. Uh, Gene, that being on the board is, is a it's like a second job and the pay is great and the hours are even better. Uh, <laughs> but they should seriously consider enlisting the aid of a management company. I mean, self-managed properties tend to do okay, but only as long as there are active involved board members. And it's always hard to find people to to serve in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Having that management company to back you up to take care of the day-to-day grind that comes with managing that property is worth its weight in gold, in my opinion. The second thing I'd I'd suggest that every association uses a resource, find a good accountant. You've got a a large nonprofit corporation with a pretty large budget that you're managing, and it makes sense to uh, have a talented accountant who can help take care of all the uh, the dollars and cents counting, take care of uh, preparing taxes, things of that nature. You know, that's number two. And number three, have a network of other vendors. I mean, Gene, you alluded to how on, on the New Concepts website you have preferred vendors, and that means everything from contractors to engineers to attorneys. Right. I mean, we all have our spot. And the thing to, to remember if you're a self-managed board is that there's going to be situations that come up where you're going to be over your head. In those kinds of cases, it makes some real sense to go out and get some help from from people who specialize in those particular areas to tell you what you need to know.
2: Yeah, you know, and to me that is, uh, I think, very important. It's, it's interesting, uh, you know, if uh, people golf, if they fish, if they love to cook, the people will take a class. They'll think about, oh, if I want to golf, I will take – some golf lessons and people will do that for think about that for fishing for cooking but I'm surprised at how many people don't think about that for this thing called a homeowners association getting uh, professional uh, professional help and uh, and training because you mentioned uh, several professionals but there's also great professional organizations like you're on the board of
11: well, you've got the, the the Community Associations Institute, CAI. I mean, they put on educational programs all the time for, for not just yep. property managers and management companies, but for boards and board members and for members of associations. Those are very valuable, and I guarantee you that as soon as I go to the next board meeting, someone's going to tell me, how could I forget to mention them? So, but definitely, yeah. CAI is a great resource. Uh, mm-hmm. There's another one, CIC Midwest. They they do the a, a similar kind of an educational program. They have lunch and learns. They're generally about an hour long, and they cover topics that most associations are going to deal with sooner or later. So those kinds of organizations can definitely also help educate those boards, and that that's, again, worth its weight in yep. gold.
2: So let's talk about this. Uh, go back to the situation at Clayton Woods. There was a lawsuit uh, going uh, back and forth here. And to me, uh, it seems that part of the problem is that people are in the habit of using what I would call the wrong pronouns. They refer to the HOA as them, not us. Uh, and, uh, they don't realize what it is that they're doing in the dynamics of a lawsuit. Talk to our listeners about that.
11: Well, that's the the real problem. I mean, when you're in an association, uh, you're part of that association. So whatever you choose to do, it affects you as well as all your neighbors and whoever you're taking action against. In the context of a lawsuit, you know, we run into situations all the time where you have an angry homeowner who says they want to sue the board or whomever. And the response is generally you you can do that, but you realize you're suing yourself. You know you're going to end up. Let's assume that you're going to pay some attorneys' fees as a result of this. You know, not just whatever you're paying to prosecute the case, but whatever the association's paying that's coming back to you too. So there's a yeah. real problem there. You know, you, people need to if you're going to plant your your flag on a hill and die, mm-hmm. make sure it's a hill that's worth dying on. And, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. these issues are big, and sometimes they're not. Yeah. And I would say most of the time they're not. We had
2: um uh, a situation where it looks like people who were upset with uh, this outgoing group of three people who were on the board they were suing them but I got the impression they might have been suing them uh personally and individually as opposed to suing the HOA. Did you get that impression or
11: Yeah, I got the impression that it was kind of a grudge against personalities rather than than anything else
2: and uh, talk for a moment because i don't think people understand when uh uh, someone is acting and acting in a capacity uh of a board member for an hoa um there uh uh, talk about the idea of a corporate shield and talk about uh, uh also dno and insurance and and other things that uh come to play here with people that are on the board,
11: because people a lot to, are Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's a lot to digest, and here's how I tend to explain it to, to people. Um, when When a board member is doing work for the association, they should have their board member hat on. That means they're acting in the interest of the association, they're trying to make sure they're following the governing documents, and they're doing that fairly. When they're planning projects and spending association money, they're reviewing how... That money's to be spent. They're making sure they're giving fair pricing and they're making sure that they're reviewing and vetting whoever's doing their work. They're doing all of that because that's what they're elected to do with that board member hat on. People get confused because board members don't always wear the board hat. You know, when they go out of a board meeting, they take the board hat off and they become just a a homeowner and they put their homeowner hat back on. And what people do in their capacity as homeowners is not what people do in their capacity as board members. I mean, my job as a board member isn't to make sure that everybody in the association is happy. My job as a board member is to make sure that we're following the documents, we're keeping and maintaining the property up, uh, we're following the rules and enforcing the rules uniformly. Nobody gets preferential treatment. And people have a hard time differentiating that, you know, where you've got a board member just doing their job versus someone who's looking to pick on them you know people tend to personalize that even if it's not personal so i tend to remind people that when folks are serving on the board they're wearing a different hat they're wearing it they're they're in a different role Mm -hmm. they're not there as your homeowners they're not there as your neighbors they're not there as your friends they're there as the people that were elected to make decisions for everybody that's a hard job now going back
2: Going back to this story, we've got the three ex-board members who were uh, uh, displaced from the board. They're suing the association for $100,000 because it's their reading from the governing documents that, hey, the HOA has always promised to uh, hold them harmless from anything. I don't think that's true, Tony.
11: Well, it depends. I mean, if the if they're being sued, let me start out with this. The basis for these lawsuits comes from a clause that's usually in an association's articles of incorporation or its bylaws. And it says that if a board member is sued for something that they did in their capacity as a board member, in other words, when they're wearing that board member hat, the association's responsible for defending them, in other words, paying an attorney to defend the lawsuit against them, and indemnify them, which means if there's a judgment against that board member for some reason, to pay that judgment to whomever obtained it. But that assumes that this is related to something that that board member did as a board member. So, if, exactly. for example, let's yeah. say I pass a, an, a special assessment with my other fellow board members to fund some uh, roof replacement because the roofs are leaky if a homeowner sues the board or any individual member of the board based on the decision to pass the assessment, that clause is going to kick in because I'm not doing something other than in my capacity as a board member. I'm not doing this on my own. The board's doing it. Now, let's assume I'm a a board member and for whatever reason, I'm just a bad person. I like to make sure that I hassle my neighbor, and for some reason, my neighbor decides to sue me for harassing them. That's not something I'm doing as a board member. That's me doing something individually when I'm wearing my homeowner hat, and that clause will not kick in, okay? Yeah. So I think what's going on here and why these board members are, are asking the membership to reimburse them is because it sounds like the original lawsuit was about keeping or maintaining corporate records, which is something the board does with its board hat on. And the board is saying, look, the whole reason we're here is because they're angry with with what we did as a board. This is something we get protected for. They're probably right in that circumstance. But you're absolutely right, though, Gene. It doesn't apply across the board all the time.
2: Right. And the other thing that it doesn't talk about here is, and I would think it would be – uh, standard or something that they would have in place. Uh, and that is, uh, directors and officers insurance. Uh, there's usually, uh, a writer or that's included in all master policies with the, the homeowner association. Um, and if someone is, if a board is acting in that capacity, uh, DNO insurance would kick in to take care of this and it wouldn't have to be something that, uh, that uh, these individual board members had to pay in themselves
11: well that's that's right. and what we don't know here is whether the counterclaim that these board members have filed against the association for the, the hundred thousand dollars that they want, whether that has been turned over to uh, the DNO insurance company, and my guess is it probably has, but you know the media likes a, a nice sensational story and saying that you're suing for $100,000 in, in reimbursement for attorney's fees and you want the insurance company to pay for it, doesn't sound as interesting as saying these former board members are suing all of the members for $100,000. Right. And I have a feeling that's okay. not what's happening. So. Okay. Well,
2: in, in uh, closing here, uh, uh, is there uh, any uh, parting thoughts uh, about uh, this story that uh, you'd like to, to share for our listeners?
11: I've got two thoughts. I mean, the first is, for whatever reason, Gene, it seems like maybe it's the weather. I don't know what it is. People are crabbier now than they've been, I think, in years past. And I I don't know why. But be nice to people. And that goes to board members interacting with your homeowners. You know, be nice. And to homeowners interacting with the board members, be nice. You know, you guys all live in a community together. And how you treat each other matters. And sometimes that message gets lost when people take a position. But there's a way to resolve these problems with communication, but you can't communicate unless you're willing to listen and be respectful and be nice. So that's okay. number one, be nice. Okay. Um, number two, uh, dig deeper. I mean, there's something on uh, first blush might look bad. If you dig a little bit deeper, it might look a little bit reasonable, more reasonable. So do your own research. You know, don't get caught up in this mob mentality. I'll tell you, like when I heard those protesters chanting, and I could see them yeah. with their signs too. <laughs> uh, that's just—it's it, ridiculous. There's no place for that in a community. So yes, it,
2: it, 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 it offers nothing, right? Well, Tony, thank you for uh, being uh, on the show today. Thank you for weighing in. I always appreciate your insights.
11: Hey, it's great to to, to be on the show. I appreciate this uh, chance to talk with you again, Gene. Okay. Well, folks, we're going
2: to take another quick uh, break. We've got another guest when we wrap up the show today here. I want to thank my guest, uh, Tony Smith, from Smith Jaden Johnson. And uh, don't go away. You're listening to us on AM 1280, The Patriot.
1: We'll be back in a few. AM 1280, The Patriot.
7: This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. The recent college bribery scandals have laid bare the moral and legal failings in our system, with wealthy American families allegedly gaming the system through manipulation, fake minority status, test cheating, and outright pay-for-admission bribery. As these scandals expand outward, a new book helps us see below-the-surface problem and down to the roots of the crisis. Forbes publisher Rich Karelgaard argues in Late Bloomers that we place far too much weight on early achievement, ISATs, and getting into the, quote, right school, and far too little attention on the things that take longer to develop, such as self-control, compassion, ethics, and wisdom. We should also bemoan the toxic system which sorts Americans into future ruling class and future ruled class somewhere around their late teens. Of course, when people cheat, they, and not the system, are to blame. And alleged cheaters should be vigorously prosecuted. But the system itself
13: needs to be indicted, too. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Setting the standard in association management. That's New Concepts.
10: Welcome back, your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the
7: You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan.
2: That's right. Welcome back to uh, Where You Live. Gene Sullivan here broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. And the show is also brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. I've got on the phone here for our last uh, segment, uh, Will Tarbox from uh, Country Financial Insurance. How are you doing today, Will?
8: I'm doing great, Gene. How are you doing?
2: Oh, couldn't be better. I uh, appreciate you being on the show because last week we talked about uh, a a topic uh, and uh, it included uh, the idea of what's called an ALE, additional living expenses coverage. And that's something that people can get uh, with uh, their insurance policy. But a lot of people probably have not heard about this type of coverage and what it does. Uh, And so I thought uh, I would have uh, the pro on the show here to uh, tell us all about that. Um, So I thought of you. So, what is additional living, uh, living expenses, uh, coverage? And
8: what's it all well, about? Yeah, well, it's one of those coverages that most people probably don't know they have, and, but when something happens, they're glad that they do have it. Um, you know, very specifically, I'll give you a scenario. What it does is, let's say uh, there's a fire at your house. Uh, you're standing outside your house. Um, everything's a mess. Uh, you're not sure what to do. There's a lot of things going through your head. Um, you know, one of them is probably going to be, where am I going to live while this gets fixed? And that is where this coverage comes in on your home insurance policy. Uh, Now that's not
2: automatic though, is it on a homeowner's policy?
8: Most, most homeowner's policies, it is automatic. The insurance company will just give you some coverage. Um, the coverage amounts will vary. Uh, a typical coverage amount might be the actual loss for a 12-month time period. Uh, otherwise, it will also be the uh, a certain dollar amount. Like it might be automatically uh, X amount of dollars. Um, and it is something where, you know, you can pull out your policy information or call your, call your agent or call your insurance company. You know, ask them what your coverage is, and they should be able to tell you. Yeah. No, is this something? Is this something, is this something they could it. beef up? They can yes, increase it. you can it. increase it for um, you know, you, it's very inexpensive to increase the coverage. Um, so look at you know, look at your policy and see what you've got um, because it can be you know, you can rack up some pretty good expenses by having to live somewhere else uh, for uh, okay. an extended period of time.
2: Let me ask how, on on this. Uh, Will no, it's not going to be just kind of cart. Uh, Blanche, uh, a lot of them were talking about, what, maybe paying the the difference uh, from what their normal expenses are for a living?
8: Yep. Um, you know, the, expense, the real expensive part can be, you know, your, if you have a mortgage, for example, uh, even if there's a real bad disaster at your house, uh, the mortgage payments are not going to, the, the mortgage bills are not going to stop coming. Right. So uh, still got to pay those. And then uh, having to pay additional expense to uh, maybe rent somewhere for months at a time uh, can really add a lot of expenses on to your budget. Um, and this, okay. this that's what this coverage is for, um, paying for okay. those additional costs.
2: So uh, you gave us uh, some of the things that it will cover. We're talking about uh, extra place to live. Uh, we're talking about food, transportation, whatever they need, right?
8: Yeah, um, any necessary, if I'm going to read from something here, any necessary increase in living expenses incurred from you uh, could be something even as small as if you uh, live, if if you're having to live five miles further to work, you may even be able to get, you're probably going to be able to get extra money, even for extra gas expenses for driving a further distance to work, for example. Okay.
2: All right. How How is it paid out? Is it something where uh, they get a lump sum, they get paid monthly? Or uh, they have to uh, uh, be out of pocket and keep receipts. How, how does that work?
8: You're probably going to have to keep some receipts. You're probably going to have to show some expenses. Uh, you know, with things like the extra mileage, that can be that can be figured out. Uh, you know, you'd work with your claims person to figure out what exactly the expenses are. You know, like I said, probably show them, um, and they're going to pay out. They'll you know they'll typically pay as you go. So. Um, uh, as time goes on, and because uh, we don't, you know, you don't usually know exactly when um, you're going to be able to move back to the house in a really bad situation. Um, so as as things go along, uh, just accumulate those expenses. You know, keep receipts, uh, show how much the rent is from an additional place, and you know, like get things figured out with the claims people, and they'll usually they'll usually work with you to get taken care of.
2: Okay, wow. Uh, Very uh, interesting. I appreciate you, uh, Will, taking uh, a few minutes uh, to uh, speak about that a little bit further for our listeners. Thanks so much.
8: Hopefully none of your listeners have to use it.
2: Yes, that is true. Well, uh, again, my thanks to Will Tarbox with Country Financial. And, hey, thank you for taking time out of your busy weekend to tune in here to where you live. We'll see you next week.
13: Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow. Today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952 544 2837. That's 952 544 2837. Or go to HelpMeTerry.com to set up a no cost financial review today.
4: Securities offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Sampled Financial Group is in Minnetonka. 952 544 2837. In Minnesota, you can take 10,000 different routes to adventure. One path leads you to bluff country biking and world-class hiking trails. Head in a different direction and explore modern art and a historic brewery. Navigate by boat to a lakeside restaurant or cruise downriver with friends on a paddleboard. No matter which route you take, from star-studded concerts to camping under the stars, you're destined to find your true north only in Minnesota. Visit ExploreMinnesota.com. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot.